This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. We had big news today on a major hot-button issue here at Fight Back. Energy Minister Glenn Tebow has just announced that he is cancelling plans to sign contracts for up to 1,000 megawatts of power from solar, wind, and other renewable energy sources to help keep rates down for consumers. He says the decision is expected to save the province up to 3.8 billion dollars in costs from its 2013 long-term plan. And he says he's taken this decision because the independent electricity system operators planning outlook determined that Ontario already has a robust supply of electricity for the next decade and won't need the additional power that it planned to purchase. So haven't we been saying that for months, if not years? Is the Liberal government finally listening? Or is it just reading the political tea leaves? And will it save us money? Well, not exactly, because it's going to keep about $2.45 a month from being added to your hydro bills. So they're not going to go down. They just won't go up by that amount, which is no guarantee that they won't go up by another amount. So what do you think? Um, I'll give the numbers again, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740, and Tom Adams, an independent energy and environment advisor, joins me now. Hi, Tom. Hi, Libby. So what do you think? Well, well, I, I really like your summary. Um, this is terrific news. The uh, provincial government has finally clued in that it just simply cannot keep signing uh, more contracts for unneeded generation. Um, uh, now, the, there is a, I mean, a little bit of humor here. The, 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 the minister is, is claiming that oh, there's new insight from the um, uh, from the power system experts saying that Ontario's got a surplus of power for a long time into the future. Those same experts have been saying this for, for years now. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, so the, 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 the message did not get through until, uh, I, I think, a couple of material events happened in the, you know, the life of the government. One was by-election loss in Scarborough where urban voters... You know, uh, uh, rural voters have been screaming from the top of their lungs for for ages about rising power costs. But now, urban voters were starting to clue in that these 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 drastic increases were going to hurt um, uh, ur- you know urban people too. So I think that's a factor. I think another factor may be the upcoming changes in um, uh, political fundraising rules. Where the, um, uh, the the government's recognizing that the the old ways of political fundraising, where many of these renewable energy companies were actively involved in some of these 
these uh, you know ten thousand dollar a plate um, uh, dinners with the the premier and the energy minister. If those things start to go away, then there's less urgency to keep the um, the contract signing program going. But for whatever the reason, it, it really is a, a major change in direction. It, um, uh, it's it's a recognition that the critics have been right all along that these are, these um, uh, these contracts that they've been entering into have been high cost and low value, and and so it, you know it's it's a very important change. Uh, I, I mean, my opinion is that if if there were <clears throat> excuse me if there was any new information involved here, it was probably from their polling firm. <laughs> uh, oh sure, uh, you know the, 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 when when the when the Green Energy Act was signed, uh, uh, you know, into law back in in uh, two thousand and nine, the energy minister of the, of the day claimed that it was going to lead to. Um, uh, 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 an economic bonanza. Um, uh, uh, there was going to be a massive uh, um, uh, uh, development of industrial uh, capacity, and, and uh, uh, tens of thousands, fifty thousand jobs were going to be created, um, and that the impacts on consumers would be negligible. The the, the line that George Smitherman kept uh, um, hammering away on. Back again, back in the day in 2009, when this got passed into law, was it was going to that power rates were not going to go up more than one percent per year. Well, of course, that that was just nonsense. Uh, it rates went up about eight percent per year since that time. Um, uh, it it took the Ontario government a terrible, terrible long time. To figure out that um, you know that, that, that this was just not working. Um, I'm going to take a call from uh, Carol in Simcoe, and from my screen, it looks like she has a very good question uh, that I hope you, Tom, can answer because I cannot. Hi, Carol. Hi. How are you, Libby? Fine. How are you? Very well, thank you. And your my, question? My question is: How much will it cost the taxpayers to cancel these contracts? And I'll hang up and listen to your response. Okay. But thank you for taking my call. Uh, you're very welcome. And, um, yeah, Tom, I'm not sure that the, the the contracts are not being signed, but uh, they're not exactly being cancelled. Am I correct? Uh, yes, that, that, that's right. When we've seen very expensive uh, 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 costs for cancelling contracts um, with, the, for example, the gas plants, uh, in Oakville and Mississauga, that ended up costing us uh, over a billion dollars of excess cost. Um, uh, th- that was a situation where the contracts had already been signed, and then the government got into the process of initially trying to cancel those contracts and then just ended up renegotiating them. And that's where the excess cost arose. In this case, what's going on is there is the the government's in the midst of a procurement process where they were about to sign a, um, a large number of contracts for very expensive generation. The um, those contracts are not yet signed, and so I believe, <laughs> and I'm crossing my fingers and crossing my toes that they've not yet made any commitments to those. Renewable generators that the that the these companies could 
you know, take us to court and, 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 and beat up on us again. Um, uh, now, what we did find in the, in the, in the, the sad story of, of those, those huge um, uh, penalties we paid with those gas plant cancellations was that um, after the announcement of the cancellation, the government officials from the premier's office went to those generators, particularly TransCanada, and behind closed doors promised to so-called keep them whole. And, and just that, those few words uh, uh, translated into a gigantic financial penalty um, uh, you know, that'll be a burden on electricity ratepayers for 20 years into the future. But um, uh, so long as the government hasn't committed errors like that again, um, uh, it, we, we should be in the clear. I, I don't think that um, uh, we're going to get sued out of this one again. But um, generally, uh, if they... The, if they were on the way to signing these contracts, would there have been something, maybe something that was already paid, giving them the right to buy this energy at a certain price? I mean, I, surely there's, you know, if, am I am I on the right track with this? That sounds like something that might have been signed, but perhaps already paid for. Uh, you, you are on the right track. It's right to ask the questions. Um, uh, the, I mean, the we, we need to hear from the energy minister um, uh, yep. to, <laughs> you know, for them to clarify this. Um, uh, I, I would be very surprised and, and horribly disappointed, of course, if if, uh, if if we are on the hook for for cancellation costs. I I don't think we are. Okay. Uh, Tom, hang on. Uh, We're going to have to take a quick break now. When we come back, we're going to be taking some more of your calls and your questions. uh, And the numbers to call are 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And we're talking about hydro rates and the government's decision just this morning uh, not to buy more energy. And that apparently is going to keep about $2.45 from being added to your bill. Are you impressed with that? We'll find out when we come back. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Uh, We are talking about this morning's announcement from Energy Minister Glenn Tebow that he is not going to buy or to sign a contract for up to a thousand megawatts of power that we don't need. That is apparently going to not save money, but keep $2.45 a month from being added to your bill. Is it enough? Is it too little, too late? Uh, we want to know what you think. The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-744-740. I am with Tom Adams, who is an independent energy and environment advisor. And uh, let's take a call from Laura in Eris. Hi, Laura. Hi, Libby. How are you? Oh, not too bad, thanks. It's a beautiful day. It so is a far. beautiful day. What's your question? Well, the first comment I have to make is uh, they, they talk about these windmills being green power, and they cost a bloody fortune. 
what the heck do you think water power was? And, and it was a lot cheaper, right? That's the one thing. And the other thing is, how can they justify paying somebody to take our excess power? Why aren't they charging somebody to buy it? Because <laughs> no one will pay. Tom, do you have a, an answer for that? Give it to yeah. them, man. <laughs> but let me just for us to have to pay somebody to take it? Good grief. What are they going to do with it? Uh, Tom? Yeah. Um, uh, just on the, on the point about hydropower, the cost of hydropower, um, uh, by the 1970s, um, pretty well all the good hydropower sites in Ontario had been built out, and, and we were capturing um, uh, useful electricity from them, and it was at a reasonable cost. The hydropower that remained, the hydropower potential, that, um, was, has been recognized since back to the 1930s and earlier, um, uh, but the reason it wasn't built was because it, it wasn't cost-justified. Um, and so the, the recent hydropower that's been added in Ontario has been just a, a terrible burden for consumers, just a, a terrible rip-off. But, I mean, the good news is we didn't add very much. Um, and with respect to this question of having to pay neighboring utilities to take power off our hands, um, uh, we, we're not we're not just paying neighboring utilities to take power off our hands. We're also paying generators vast but undisclosed amounts of money to not generate. <laughs> um, uh, and you know, so it's, there's a, a double whammy. It turns out when I mean the, the way the power system works, the amount of power that's injected into the grid from the generators has to exactly match the consumption that the customers have. And um, and if there's either too much or too little uh, a gen- power generation, it causes terrible problems. Um, uh, and so we get to, we are now in a situation where routinely we have vast excess supply. Um, and at that point, uh, when you know once the the generators are up and running and they're injecting power into the grid. When they're in a situation where we got too much, the stuff is 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 kind of like garbage. Um, uh, it, 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 we and what 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 happens is our neighbors don't want it. Um, uh, it we're the. The problem is our generators are delivering power to the grid when the demand from customers is just not there, and. So it's a problem for us. It's a problem for our neighbors. And um, uh, so when we are dumping power um, at, at, at these inopportune times, uh, often, you know, like 2 o'clock in the morning uh, when Ontario's wind generators are typically most productive, um, we're going out into the market. We're trying to find somebody who will take this stuff the, the the neighboring utilities have to make a lot of expensive adjustments onto their system, even to accept our excess supply, and they charge us for it. Um, now, we if we if we did not export power, um, uh, customers unfortunately in Ontario would be in even worse shape than we are now. The the neighbors are doing us a favor by taking our surplus. At the point where we, we're overgenerating, so it, it's not a question of the neighbors ripping us off. Um, on the contrary, they 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 really are helping us. 
um, uh, our interconnection with neighboring utilities is very, very valuable to us, and we need to keep that going. But, but um, uh, it, it, this business of having to pay the neighbors to take our excess power is a symptom of the disease. It's not the disease itself. The disease that we're talking about here is just careless, negligent mismanagement of the power supply. I think that about sums it up. Uh, Laura, thank you so much for uh, that call and question. Um, let's go to Jane in Blue Water. Hello, Jane. Hi, Libby. So nice to talk with you today. I'm concerned about two, uh, sort of a two-pronged issue here. I'd like to know how the news relates to the number of wind turbines already in place and the contracts for those not yet built, or does it relate to that at all? And the second prong is that seniors are having their power shut off for defaulting in their payments when we have all of this surplus energy and being penalized as opposed to allowing them to save up the money that they owe and pay at a later time. That is a very good point. Uh, uh, Tom, do you have a response? Sure. Um, uh, Fantastic questions, by the way, from your listeners, Libby. Um, I'll say, great listeners, thank you. (laughs) On the the first point about existing wind turbines and existing wind contracts, uh, you know, and solar contracts and whatnot, the minister's announcement today does nothing to help us with those. Um, (laughs) And there, there are some uh, experts out there who've looked more carefully than I have um, at some of the contracts that the Ontario government has entered into to buy more wind and solar, where um, uh, some of these experts believe that there are opportunities to get out of those contracts at no cost, uh, because the, 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 the generator on the other side of the contract has failed to live up to their milestone requirements, um, and and the you know the, that is something that that I would hope that the Ontario government is getting serious about. At some point, we've got to go through those contracts and make sure that that whatever rights that are, are remain for for consumers to mitigate some of these outrageous costs that those. That the the customers' interests are are being considered when those contracts are being managed. Um, Now, with respect to this issue of of, uh, people in arrears with their power cost and and um, you you know this horrible unfairness of of giving away power to neighboring utilities at the same time as we're jacking up costs for people here in Ontario, um, that is. That that is an outrageous problem, um, uh, it, you know, and it, it's, a, it's just a frightful insult, really, to to uh, electricity intensive employers and and uh, particularly low income people or people on fixed income that are, um, you know, living in electrically heated buildings or in situations where they just where they're they, they can't avoid um, a substantial amount of power use. We, we, we have limited flexibility in escaping from these, these, this problem. The captive customers in Ontario are on the hook for all of what, what utilities call the revenue requirement. 
that's the amount of money that has to be collected from customers every year in order to service all of these contracts that stand behind or kind of or, or the foundation of your power bill. And so we've got this huge level of commitments that, that we have to satisfy each year. That money can't be collected from the export market. That's a competitive market. They don't have to buy from us. Um, uh, and, and unfortunately, that money has to be collected in Ontario from either taxpayers or ratepayers. So it's got to come out of our, you know, our left pocket or our right pocket or both. Um, uh, and the the it, it, so we get into this question of how to allocate those costs in, in a fair and responsible fashion. Low-income consumers have, you know, have a major, major problem on their hands. But also, we, we ought to also be alert to the impact on um, electricity-intensive export-oriented uh, um, employers and businesses. If you're trying to, you know, produce food products or car parts or something like that, and you're competing against a, a, a supplier that might be in Indiana, where their cost of industrial electricity is about a third what it is in Ontario, you got a big problem on your hands. So there's the low-income customers that that have a lot of, you know, are, are really getting terribly punished. But we also ought to be concerned about the employment, uh, you know, and uh, impacts on business too. It, we we are in a real fix here. Okay, uh, we have time for one more call. Let's go to Jim in Hanover. Hello, Jim. Hello. Uh, I'd just like to ask the question, what is the logic uh, about changing the high time and low time for summer and winter? Is there any logic behind that? <laughs> That's a great question. No, no, there's, <laughs> the, the, there isn't. Um, um, the the Ontario government has played around with the timing intervals for these uh, different time periods um, uh, in the past, and they fiddled with changing, you know, from seven o'clock to nine o'clock and whatnot. You know, these various arbitrary time periods. Um, uh, and the, the the theory that they kept kind of pumping out was that at times of high demand, um, you know, the, the cost of electricity is higher and therefore the price should be higher. And, but it, it, that, oh, that could be just complete nonsense. Um, uh, it, 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 the, um, uh, there's an electricity analyst, Scott Loft, who's just done fantastic work studying these things, and he's found over and over again that the times where electricity costs are high tend to be when the the time of use pricing schedule has uh, is assuming that there's low costs on the system uh, um uh it, it, what what happened was the politicians took over the management of the power system um but they had political priorities and they didn't necessarily know anything about what they were doing and and they and so they they created the arbitrary rules that, that really don't make sense Yep. Um, that's another mess that some future government will have to clean up. Okay, yeah, we're just about out of time, guys, so uh, I'm going to wrap things up here. Uh, Jim, thank you for your call. Uh, Tom, thank you so much for those 
incredibly uh, thoughtful and intelligent answers to our callers, incredibly thoughtful and intelligent questions. Well, I apologize for being a bit long-winded, but your audience is prepared, I think, to – you've got a special audience, and, and you know, they, they deserve a full explanation from somebody. Okay. That, well, no kidding, and it's not coming from the government. Um, just before we go, a, a tweet from Mayor Ron Higgins in North Frontenac, who says, a great move by the Ministry of Energy. We look forward to input on the long-term energy plan and thank all who fought. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.